The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. The letter to the Hebrews reminds us, as it reminded them, how, how often so little we have done by way of faith and by way of love. He tells them, in your struggle against sin, important, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Who wants to? But it would seem in the letter to the Hebrews that's a very important thing, the shedding of one's blood, the willingness to do everything imaginable, to rise above sin and be pleasing to the Lord. And he asks then if we've forgotten what God has told us, what we are called to be. Not every disciple has to be disciplined and suffer. Our Lord told that to his own disciples over and over again and tells us that God will do that because that's how he draws us closer to himself. That's the part we don't like, isn't it? If God could draw us closer to himself simply through consolation and a little pat on the head, it would be a wonderful thing. But it isn't the way God works as a rule. Uh, in fact, very often it's the thing we like least about ourselves, or the things, as the case may be, uh, the thing or things we wish we didn't have to deal with at all, is what God will use, use to draw us closer to himself and make us into the image that he wants us to be, into the creature he wants us to be. Um, and what do the Hebrews says that? Um, so he said, at the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain. Yet later, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And then tells us at the end, see to it that no one is to be deprived of the grace of God and that no bitter roots spring up and cause trouble. So he warns them about what their faith must become. And in today's gospel, Our Lord is faced with his own people. Most of us understand this, don't we? However wonderful the people we don't know think we might be, the people who have known us since when don't. 
Our families know us as we are. Uh, in the case of our Lord, they think they know him, but they don't know him. We don't know him really as well as we should either. Uh, we shouldn't be too surprised that they wouldn't be too awed by him. After all, as they say, uh, it's not the carpenter, the son, not the carpenter, the son of Mary. He knows his, they know his relatives. Uh, and they took offense at him. They took offense at him. Uh, they couldn't accept the reality of the one who was in their midst. That's our problem too, isn't it? We don't realize just how powerful the Lord is in our lives, or can be, if we allow him to be. How transforming he can be. How radically different we can be because the Lord decided the Lord enters our lives in some strange way and does something to us. We even told our Lord could not do much there because of their lack of faith. He was distressed by their lack of faith. Um, so what he might have done elsewhere, he couldn't do in his own hometown. We have to then be open to what he wants to do with us. The Lord is so familiar with us and so wonderful. The imitation of Christ reminds us that if Mass was celebrated only in one church, in one town, in one country of the world, we would fight ourselves to go over there and be present for it. But the Lord is much too generous with us, much too available, uh, much too uh, perhaps close. We become rather used to him, don't we? comes here all the time. He's coming here now. He's already here. He's coming on down to our altar. And we become rather accustomed to it. Uh, jewelers get used to fine gems. Uh, and we can get used to the Lord that way. So we always have to be reviving our faith in that sense, not in the sense of ordinary revival, but reviving our faith to remind ourselves that who it is that is here, who it is that is calling us, and who is the, it is that gives us the power to follow him. We have come here tonight in particular to celebrate the year's memorial of the death of David Gwynn. I think many of us still find it rather difficult to accept that reality or quite, ex quite experience it or to really embrace it. I suppose, too, that many of us have uh, driven by the cemetery to pray for him or to speak with him or both. Uh, about what's going on in the world and what's going on in our lives or what's going on in the parish, for instance. I have occasionally, on moments, have driven by to say, by the way, you're aware of this happening anyway, but I thought I'd tell you and uh, ask for some intercessory prayer. If you have a few moments, please, for, for your parish. Uh, I'm not going to go on it at any length because it wouldn't be appropriate, nor would David want it. Uh, except to say that uh, many p fine people stepped up to do what needed to be done. And heaven knows David was doing a lot. Uh, it's hard to imagine him not being part of something. Many fine people c came forward and, 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 and did what needed to be done for the parish. Um, but we all still remember that, that presence and are aware of that presence, too. So we go on now to celebrate that event that brings us all together at once. I know when I, when I was in England, all by myself for the first time, I thought, this is a very different experience. And then I thought to myself, you know, when I'm sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, all the people that I know back in, let's say, Raleigh, North Carolina, are there at some point too. And so it is with this, when we celebrate the Eucharist, the whole church is present. 
There is never a time when we are closer to those who have died than we are here at Mass. Never. Because when we come into the presence of the Lord, we are all gazing upon him, living and dead, those who are in the kingdom. We are all gazing upon him. And so we are united to all of our deceased relatives and friends, and today, in particular to David, by the event that we are doing or about to, to experience here. Uh, as the Lord comes to us, he, we, he draws us in to the event of his presence and into his kingdom. And so we will now enter into that kingdom. Let us pray. For David Gwynn, for whom this Mass is being offered, for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed For the church throughout the world, for all of her members, especially those who mourn, for those who are persecuted, for the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our nation and all nations of the world, that they may come to know Jesus Christ in his church and in his sacraments, for all of our elected officials and for peace, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that they are united to him specifically in their sufferings, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost the faith, lost peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for greater respect for human life, especially this life of the womb and at the end, we pray to the Lord. Lord an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life. Those young men and women who will be courageous in faith to come forward for the sake of the kingdom of God. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our administrator, for our new bishop, whomever he may be, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. They, in particular, will be courageous, enduring all things for the sake of the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord and for all of us here, that we may be always vigilant, always waiting for the coming of the Lord, and that we may be prepared when he finally comes into our lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord we now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we sing. Amen. 